affluenza. Just because you have lots of money doesn't mean you're not a piece of shit. Dun, dun, dun. Parents fuck us up, right? Welcome to Unethical Podcast. You know, um, you know who's assholes? Um, cats is assholes and dogs is assholes. I wonder if you guys actually can see it. Because there's like a gigantic freaking hole in my mic cable. Oh, where'd it go? It's hiding on me now. <laughs> oh, there it is. Do you see this? You probably can't see. Do you see this giant fucking yes. hole? Yeah. Yep. That they fucking bit all the way through my mic cable. I'm so mad. Yeah. Hey, man. Uh having animals sometimes sucks you know what i mean sometimes yep. it's awesome as if which one do you think bit through it was the uh harvey pop, you think? pop? pop yeah it was it wasn't it wasn't harvey He's it was pop pie 100 not even like not even a question it was pop pie for sure he has broken so many of my phone chargers by chewing on them <laughs> do you want me to um i don't want to have to say this uh but get him put down for you or you know i appreciate it um but i really prefer to put down my own animals okay oh, yeah. i just like when the, the light leaves their eyes all right oh it's uh, why do you it's... think i'm in this business <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're all here the, so, the yeah, fantasy I don't know. Yeah. people of patreon um i don't know i guess i'll just sit here and, and quietly listen and um no you're playing you gotta play you gotta be in this one it's gonna infuriate you it's gonna make you you know what actually it's gonna make you thank fucking god that you uh have dogs you know because sometimes your kids can do some fucked up shit so oh, you know. <laughs> uh, is this another brock allen turner brock allen turner that's his name brock allen if that's him behind you, he actually looks like Brock Turner. I thought that was a picture of he Brock Turner. He kind of does a little bit. I'm not, I'm not going to say his name. I'll, I'll wait for a bit. But... Are we there? Have we put out enough episodes that we forgot how many we've done and we're going to start redoing them? <laughs> no, it's not, Brock. it's not Brock Turner. It's not. All right. Well, I'll sit here and do this with you guys. Here, like, How's this? Do I sound okay? I'm not like breathing into the mic or anything? You're not breathing no, you're the mic fine. at all. It's the just quality awful. I was going to say awful, but it's less than what it typically is. Big deal. Big deal. People can deal with one episode where Celeste sounds, uh, her her mic is fucked. We'll kill the dog. I told you I was going to put him down. It's and a cat. The, the cat. Sorry. What? It's okay. I'm not surprised you don't know how to smash pussy properly. I'll be honest. <laughs> <sighs> Got him. Um... Got him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll be honest with you guys. This is my gaming headset, so if I start screaming that I had sex with your mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is what I use it for. It, so. it just Forget. happens that way. <laughs> okay, I got a question for you guys. I got a question for mm-hmm. you guys. Uh, awesome. Do you guys like your parents? And yes. if, you, if they listen to the show and you don't want to hurt their feelings, 
uh, make like a peace sign for the camera. You know what I mean? And I'll know that you don't like them. Then you can just lie and say you do like them. I like my folks. Yeah. And my folks are, they fuck me up just like any other parent does. And you know what? Now that I am a parent, they did great. (laughs) You know? It's good. I I think that too. I think like my parents fucked up, but they're just people. Like they fucked me up as much as anyone else. But then you get into, uh, by the way, Patreon, uh, if you want to know who put their uh, two fingers up and gave me a peace sign so they hate their parents, just go to Patreon. You'll see the video. Uh, <laughs> 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 One of us did. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, I think parents fuck up people. Then I started reading about this thing. Uh, I'm going to tell you about some parents. I'm going to start with a couple named Frederick and Tanya Couch. They live in Burleston, Texas. It's a small suburb outside Fort Worth. It's got a population of 36,000 people. So it's a big city to me, but small town to most. Burleston's also, I don't know if you guys care, but I do. Uh, Burleston's also the hometown of Kelly Clarkson. So that's way nice. Oh, that's the town she wanted to break away from. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This is where this story happens. (laughs) So anyway, this is where Kelly Clarkson wanted to break away from. And we're going to tell you why. Yeah, we're going to tell you why for sure. Fred was married once before Tanya and had one child with his wife before. Uh, Tanya was a nurse until 2012 and she got her license revoked. I don't know why it got revoked, but after the story, we'll f- I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll understand why it got revoked. Uh, hey, Christy, we'll can you tell us a few reasons why a nurse may get their license revoked? <laughs> um, stealing drugs, negligence, basically, not looking after your patients properly or overdosing them, underdosing them, killing them. <laughs> Yeah, that'll get your license revoked. If you kill yeah, just, them, just a little bit. Tanya also has a couple kids from before Fred as well. So Fred owns Selburn Sheet Metal and has since 1986 when he was 21 years old. Uh, his sheet metal business has been good for him his whole life. Has an annual revenue of approximately $15 million a year. Tanya and Fred prove that just because you have lots of money doesn't mean you're not a piece of shit. So let's do this. Fred has over 22 different charges over the years with little to no repercussions. A good portion of them is traffic violations. One for driving nearly twice the speed limit. Like if you have, I think he has 18 traffic violations, like bad ones. Don't you lose your license at a certain point? Like, you know what I mean? Uh, not, not when you're the owner of uh, a sheet metal company. Yeah, uh, exactly. This town is probably tiny. All right. This is the equivalent of their freaking Bezos. You think the nepotism is not real in this town? It's real. Oh, for sure. Fred is described as one of those like loud Southern take no bullshit, always angry kind of guy. He, he's a dickhead and it's part of his personality. He like wears it like a badge. Like he's a guy who'll be at the bar and be like, I'll take you outside and beat your ass. Uh, but the only difference is like he's super loaded. So he fe- feels like he's invincible when he does it. Here's another couple funny ones. I went through all his charges. None of them are really that good. These are the funny ones though. 1988 and 1992. He was charged with passing out worthless checks. So like this guy's a fucking millionaire. The first one's for $46 for a sun- pair of sunglasses. Uh, so like, why are you doing this? That he just didn't never had to do anything. He just had to pay 800 bucks to $830.56 as restitution, no charges. And the second one was for $26.41. So like, he just didn't pay his gas. Isn't it harder to just like write out a check than to just not go like, hey, I'll be back with $21. This guy, I just like him. He's not like him in a 
like him way, but like as if this guy exists. I like his that he exists. He's a character, yeah. <laughs> Later in '92, uh, he was stopped for a DUI. The officers give him a shit for like driving drunk, and he goes, "Yeah, shut up, bud. I make more in a day than you do in a year." And he's like, "Okay." And then he was questioned about this at a deposition. They asked, "Like, did you say that to the police officer?" And he's like, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> so like. That's the guy we're talking about. Just got a ticket for that, too. Driving under the influence. 96, he got some uh, assault charges. Whoa! I just noticed the old woman on the other side of the glass in your picture, and now I'm fucking horrified. (laughs) So fucking creepy. (laughs) Yeah, she's coming into the courtroom. She's, she's seen better days. Yeah, yeah, she is has. that the murder victim? Did she come and attend her own murder trial? Because she looks like she was dug up and brought to her own murder trial. <laughs> that's not a window. That's a, a standing mausoleum fucking uh, coffin. Uh, it looks like fucking, um, it looks like Gary Oldman in Dracula. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, it does. Yeah, the big black bags. <laughs> Sorry, wow, that is one freaky looking lady. Anyway. That's okay. So 96, Fred starts the assault charges. He gets some assault charges on him. Uh, records say that he intentionally and knowingly caused bodily injury to Tanya Couch by striking her on or about the face with his hands, causing Tanya to fall, and by grabbing on her at the neck with his hands, scratching her neck. She said that he smashed her head into a fireplace, and she decides not to press charges. Well, die. He's fucking rich. He's, he's the rich guy I'm married to. Better not do that. They were just freshly married too. They just got married earlier in the 96. They already sound like a pretty good couple. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, Fred is probably the bigger piece of shit, but like Tanya's a piece of shit too. Yeah, but he's the bigger piece of shit with the higher earning potential. You can't make much of a living as a disgraced nurse. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, she just, she works for him now. Well, that's what she was doing, was working as a receptionist after that. Completely her fucking lifeline, right? <laughs> like, you're not wrong. She isn't great though. In 2003, she got a charge for reckless driving. What she did was she ran someone off the road. Like she fucking got in her truck and drove the front end into the fucking side of the road. Road rage? (laughs) No, I don't know. They didn't say why she did it. But at the end of the day, all she got was a $500 fine and six months of community supervision. I guess that's Texan for like, we're watching you. You know, (laughs) we got our eye on you. They were divorced in 2007, got to back together, broke up again in 2013. So they've been on and off their life until about 2013. Then they're done, okay? Toxic. They have a son named Ethan, who's the guy behind me right now. And he was born in 1997, the year after they were married. And I have it written down here. He's an equally uh, shitty piece of shit. <laughs> it's true. I, I'm sorry. I, I feel bad for him because like he does have shitty parents. Parents fuck us up, right? He's descended from shit. He's a turdlet. He's a turdlet for sure. <laughs> I want to like him, but I can't. <laughs> I want to be feel bad for him, but I don't. So fuck this piece of shit. All right. I'm just saying it now because <laughs> you're, I, I don't know how to feel over this whole thing. So I'm telling, I'm saying it now. I I'm in the middle that's of it. Okay. Like, I'm, sh- I'm sure we will eventually agree with you, <laughs> but maybe not, but that's the thing. Uh, well, we'll talk about it. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> what did I wrote? I wrote this. Ethan is a heap of shit, but the heap was shoveled and created by two these two dinks. So I'm not really sure. Anyways, uh, his parents got divorced 2006 when Ethan was nine. And as you can imagine, Fred and Tanya didn't have a nice separation like some people might if they were normal people. Uh, these two are not. Uh, these two fly off the handle. So Fred yelling all, all the time, fighting all the time. Police were at their house all the time. Uh, mostly ended with like the cop being, hey, Fred, come stand outside and cool off. And then that'll be the end of it. 
So almost every day they were there. They wouldn't even like hide it from anyone on the outside either. Staff at Ethan's private school said that uh, Fred and Tanya would get in full-blown yelling matches in the parking lot of the school right in front of Ethan and everybody else. That's super toxic, like you said earlier, right? When they got divorced, the court ordered a social worker to come to their respective houses for an evaluation. Fred claimed the marriage was a disaster from day one and accused Tanya of giving her very young child Vicodin on multiple occasions on account of her having a, quote, pill addiction. Woo! Oh, well, that would explain why she's a disgraced nurse. That's what I said. I think, I think that's why she lost her nursing license, popping pills. But maybe not. This is a... This is a, a fucking crazy, two crazy people going through a divorce. He could be just saying whatever the fuck he wants to try and get his kid or whatever, right? It was found out, though, that nine-year-old Ethan was... Oh, yeah, that's the other creepy thing. At her house, nine-year-old Ethan was sleeping in a bed. His mother, like, drugged beside her bed. He had to sleep right beside her. And he didn't really... Like, I don't know if he really cared or not because he was nine, but she was like, because he's my protector. You know, like, wow. Wow. Oh. Throwing the kid in between you and the fucking crazy husband. Wow. Oh my God. I thought you were going to be like, it's weird because he's nine, but like Jack is seven and he's like never slept in any bed but mine. And I don't care. But I was like, okay, maybe. No, like, no. It's weird because she's like using him as a shield. Yeah, like my protector. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have your seven-year-old son in your bed because like you think he's going to protect you if someone comes in. No, he gets yeah. the wall side because I'm a good person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to fall out of the bed for him. Exactly. <laughs> I said, it's probably good they uh, they got divorced in the end of it. Like the whole thing was rough around the edges for little Ethan. But one of Tanya's daughters from her first marriage said she saw Fred hit Tanya while she was pregnant with Ethan. So like he was abusing them too. Like she, I don't know, yeah. man, this guy's, this guy's a piece of work. Here's the thing with Ethan. He was really smart and he went to a, attended a private school. It was a prestigious, it was called Anderson private school. And it, apparently it's a prestigious school for kids with exceptionally high IQ. Most kids that went to Anderson were in college by the time they were 16. So like X-Men. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Iceman. I don't think Ethan would have got him because of his privilege on that one. Like I don't I don't think his parents could have got him into a school like that you know i think he was actually smart i think which is kind of right. sad so these two dipshits had a genius yeah usually that's how it works yeah. right the dumb canceled out the dumb yeah. <laughs> what's left what's this polished thing honestly imagine how bad that would <laughs> fuck you up though like i mean i yeah. don't have this perspective but imagine how screwed up you'd be if you grew up really smart and your parents were really stupid. Imagine how frustrating that would be. Yeah, it would be incredible. I agree, it probably could be frustrating. But at the same time, it could be like so negatively influencing you in a way like you could manipulate your parents in any way, which way you want, because they're too dumb to understand what you're doing. So you could get away with so fucking much. It might be the most fun for a young person. No, but they'd also be derisive, right? Because they'd be like, well, you're just a kid. And they, you're as a kid, you'd be like, but you're so, but this is ridiculous. Like what you want is stupid. This is stupid. How do you not see how stupid this is? I feel like that'd be really frustrating. No, for sure. I think it would be both. I think it would be like, just think about if whatever they're giving you shit for, you just, you're smart enough to go like, okay, don't do that anymore. And like, I, okay, I am just a kid and play it. Like I'm so stupid that anyways, I don't know. It just, I feel like it would be more fun for us. It could be frustrating too. I would see that, but I, I, I just don't want to give away too much. That's why I better not. Sorry. That's just, I imagine that'd be really frustrating. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, this is another thing that I was talking about with that too, Celeste. I wasn't, I forgot about it is uh, his parents adultified him a lot by, because he was so smart. That's what I think. I think they just like treated him like, okay, you're smart enough. You can do all the stuff yourself. So have fun. And when I say adultified, this is why I think that 
when he was 13, he was given a brand new pickup truck, like a truck. And, yeah. What and was he, he going to do with it? <laughs> he, he drove it what to school. What was he going to do with it? He drove it what to the Anderson. Hell? Yeah, he drove the fucking brand new truck to his school. Uh, oh my friends, god! Yeah, crazy. I don't know that. Like kids drive at fourteen. There's really not that much of a difference. Yeah, but I remember when I first started driving, it was like around a parking lot with my parents. Like, okay, now I feel better yeah. about this. When I was thirteen, no, no way. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. But they called him out on it. They called out Fred on it. They're like, "What the fuck are you doing? You can't let your kid, thirteen year old, drive to school." His old man works in sheet metal. That kid's probably been driving machinery around his dad's warehouse and shit his whole life. I imagine he'd be comfortable driving at thirteen. Oh, for sure. Guess what? Guess what? Fred says back to them. <laughs> um, wait. I make more in a year than you make, <laughs> or I make more in a day than you make in a year. Yeah, no, that's a, that would be uh, funny, but it's not even close to how funny this is. He tells her to shut up. She doesn't like. He's he's a good driver. He's the best driver I probably know. The thirteen year old kid. That's what he tells the principal. And if you don't shut up about it, I'll just buy your school. <laughs> he's, I'll just buy the school. That's what he tells him. Fuck you. I'll buy you. <laughs> I know what case this is now. <laughs> it just clicked. I know exactly what fucking case this is. And you're right. I am going to be outraged. Well, I've never heard of it. So I don't, I don't know yeah. what's happening. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the dad offers to buy the fucking school, which I find uh, like such a h- hilarious power move. Uh, oh, I guess indeed. once they... Once they explain to him, I think that you can't just buy a school, pulls uh, Ethan out of Anderson saying he doesn't need school anyway. He's just going to take over the family business very soon. So there you go. There's your life now, Ethan. So his parents take him out of school and they put him in some uh, co-op program, quits that pretty quickly. And he starts community college when he's 16. Uh, Around the same time, his parents gave, well, I guess Ethan's dad, Fred, gave him his own place to stay, like his own house. Far out. (laughs) Mansion. Uh, it was considered his parents' second home. There was no furniture in the house at all. Just a bed, a big screen TV, an Xbox, and a giant couch. Perfect. Oh, God. It's a, it's a kid's dream. Yeah. 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 I was like, I know dudes who are like 28 that live that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they don't even own a full-size fridge. It's just one of those little bar fridges. <laughs> yeah, they've got a, a monster fridge, a lawn chair eight game consoles and then one like 40 inch TV and, may- and maybe a bean bag. No bed, <laughs> yeah, no bed. And the light bulb's uh, been out for a while, but I'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And craft dinner, or I guess we have American listeners, whatever the macaroni and craft macaroni and cheese and uh, energy drinks. Yeah. That's the life. So he's got this house by himself. It's a mansion, no parental supervision. So he would host alcohol fueled parties with him and his uh, fellow teenagers. Why not? <laughs> it's probably the only way they would hang out with him. Had a place to party and bought all the liquor. Um, his first encounter, Ethan's first encounter with the police was at actually at the age of 15. On February 19th of that year, Ethan got two citations for having alcohol as a minor and consuming alcohol as a minor. So that's the tickets that he got. But what really happened is he was caught drinking in a parked pickup truck with a naked, passed out 14-year-old girl in the back seat. It was oh. fucking trash. Whatever the fuck he had back there. Oh. Um, so yeah, the cops are like, "What are you doing?" He, it was outside a Dollar General. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dollar General, yeah. it's back again. <laughs> he was out the front, and Shannon was out the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shannon and John were, were uh, yeah. It's it's the same parking lot. 
<laughs> probably yeah. probably around Must the opposite be. side was the fucking leg show uh um, this is is this brock <laughs> allen turner though is this like did they hush hush a little bit of like date rape kind of thing or did she say it like was consensual or like she knew she was nude in his car oh did brock say that no this kid there's a you said there's a naked 14 year old in this truck right oh he's 15 she's 14 i don't yeah, she's but... naked passed out in the f- uh, Put it this way. He only got in trouble for drinking underage and having alcohol as an underage. None of this came up anywhere else. So his the cops just called his mom. His mom was like, what are you doing drinking out here? Don't be bad. They have her on like, you can hear it on the, the police badge or whatever. Her being like, why are you out here being bad? You, t- I told you, you didn't tell. She's like, what are you talking about? I told you I was going to go. She's like, yeah, you go home now. Don't make me tell your father. It sounds so <laughs> fake. Like it doesn't sound like she's actually giving him shit. And then that's all you see. There's no like, was the girl okay? Where, why was she back there? Was this cons- exactly none of that was there? So who, God knows who. Well, I'm not blaming anybody for anything. What I'm saying, maybe it was all consensual. I don't know. All I know is they said that, and it adds to the whole fucking story because it makes it either. Could it be? It may, puts it in the air. Is it? Did it happen? I don't fucking know. It sounds like it did, yeah. right? Yeah. So Ethan had too much freedom. He was acting out, and no one gave a shit at all. He didn't get in trouble for that alcohol fueled thing when he got home. He, when she was deposed, asking like when they're asking her questions later on about his that time he got arrested, she was like, "Yeah, it was no big deal. Like I didn't. Did you give him trouble? Nope. Yikes. I just know that I would be in shit if I was a kid, or my kids did that. Wow. Would they? Oh be my in shit? god. Imagine. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like. I know Oscar's like 10 and he's too little, but I couldn't even imagine Oscar like drunk in a pickup truck. You know, he's just, he's a good kid. No, that's what I mean. It's crazy to me that you would not even see, like pretend you've been like, okay, I'm doing my pills and I'm working all the time. I don't give a shit about the kid. Like there was a point when Fred was like, how come you don't watch, the counselor was like, how come you don't watch, uh, when do you see him? He's like, oh, not that much. He plays one. It's like, why don't you watch him? He's like, I'm not his mom. That's what he told the fucking counselor anyways. Uh, (laughs) So they gave zero shits, but they should have just, as soon as you see that, maybe you're like, oh, fuck, I haven't been paying attention enough. And then you give him shit and maybe start paying attention for a bit. Nope, not these guys. Yeah, I don't think they gave a shit, but like nobody ever intervened. That's so wrong. Yeah. On June 15, 2013, Ethan was planning on having a party, like usual, at his mansion. Uh, there were other people in the town that day that were having their own types of party. Uh, Kevin and Elisa McConnell were hosting a high school graduation party for their family friend, Evan Jennings. The night was, approach- uh, the night was approaching and the party finishing up. Evan's father, Pastor Brian Jennings, started packing up the folding chairs and tables into his pickup truck, a silver Chevy Silverado. Down the street, Eric and Holly Boyles were having dinner with their 21-year-old Shelby, who was home from nursing school. After dinner, they got all snuggled up in front of the TV and watched a movie as a family. Ethan Couch also lives in this neighborhood, just up the street from both of these other people. And he needed to score some alcohol for a party because they were running low at the party. Ethan and four of his buddies go to a convenience store and try to buy alcohol to no avail. So they drive to the local Walmart and steal two cases of beer. Then they head back to Ethan's to continue to party. And at this party, Ethan and friends were playing beer pong and doing shots of Everclear. Does anybody know what Everclear, Everclear. is? What percentage is it's that? It's like moonshine, it's, it is. isn't it? It's like it? insanely high percentage. What's the percentage on it? Yeah. Yeah, it's 190 proof alcohol. Yeah. It's grain alcohol. 190 <gasps> proof. It's, you, can, you can light that shit on fire. Okay. Yeah. And it's got like, yeah. oh my God, 
yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm about to divulge. I'm about to divulge a little too much of my youth. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 190 proof alcohol. Just to give you some perspective, regular vodka or gin or whatever is like 80 proof. So 190 mm. proof. 190 proof. It's even banned in it's some double, states so, in the U.S. Yeah. That's how high it is. So I, what Ooh. I did find was funny about that, since there's 190 proof banned in a few states. Uh, Everclear just made a 189 proof version of the and sold that instead. I find that fucking hilarious. Fuck you, coppers. I'll just make one less, you cocks. It burns uh, like hell. If you straight shot Everclear, you are going to the hospital. Right away. So according to the manufacturer of Everclear, actually, it should be viewed as an unfinished ingredient, not consumed directly on its undiluted form. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. They're just doing shots of that. That's good. And they're doing that until about 11 p.m. One of Ethan's friends who actually, I think she was the only one not drinking, but I, there might be another one too, but she she wasn't drinking. Her name is Starteague. And uh, she told Couch that she needed to go to a convenience store or a gas station or whatever. Ethan tells her, sure, grabs his keys. Let's go. Despite Ethan's friends telling him he's too drunk to drive, Ethan and his seven friends get into his dad's company's red Ford F-350 anyway. Six were in the cab, two were in the truck bed. Not one of the more seatbelts. At about the same time, the movie at the Boyle household was just finishing up. And just over, and the two Boyle women looked outside. They noticed some commotion outside their house. Uh, The three of the Boyles go up to investigate to see a Mercury Mountaineer wrecked and spun out into their neighbor's culvert. Brianna Mitchell's tire had blown out while driving home late from a catering gig earlier that night. Boyles ran to the scene to see if everyone was okay, and the driver, 24-year-old Brianna, was shaken up, but otherwise fine. The Boyles let her use her cell phone. Brianna called her mother for help, and back at Evan's party, uh, the McConnell's house, 12-year-old Lucas McConnell and his friend Isaiah McLaughlin asked his very trusting mother if they could ride with Pastor Jennings to help him return tables and folding chairs. Not something I'd say yes to, but giver as the pastor and the two kids drove down the two-lane burlston retta road they saw a spun out mountaineer on the side of the road being the good guy pastor he is he pulled up and decides to see if he can help he tells the kids in the back seat to stay in the car keep your seatbelts on uh, as they pulled up eric boyle was pulling the mailbox out of the ditch and into his garage Holly and Shelby greeted the pastor and they were all just waiting beside the wrecked car on the side of the road for Mitchell's help to arrive. Probably doing that thing like, don't worry, that'll buff right out. Or like, it looks worse <laughs> than it is. <laughs> Ethan is now driving drunk on Burleston Retta Road, the same country road that has the Mercury accident, the Boyles household and the pastor's parked pickup. Uh, this is about an hour after the beer heist. Ethan is being Mr. Cool Guy with his friends driving 70 miles per hour, which is 110 kilometers an hour, in a 40 mile per hour zone, which is 64 kilometers an hour. According to Richard Alpert, Tarrant County Assistant Criminal District Attorney, Ethan was playing chicken with oncoming vehicles. Star, being the only sober one and terrified, told him to get back in his lane. What the fuck are you doing? And he swerved too far. He and he hit the soft shoulder. This is about the time Ethan finally saw the vehicles in the road, but it was already too late. He lost control of the F-350 going off the road and hitting the Mountaineer and all four people waiting around the car. 
Holly and Shelby Boyle, Pastor Jennings and Brianna Mitchell were all thrown up to 20 to 60 yards, killing them instantly upon impact. Oh. Meters and yards are approximately the same thing. So if you want to hear me say meter, I'll just say it again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The F-350 then ricocheted into the pastor's car with the two boys inside, knocking it into uncommon, tra- uncommon traffic. The pastor's pickup then smashed into a Volkswagen Beetle that was coming from the opposite direction. The two 12-year-old boys had no physical injuries, but I'm sure they had plenty of mental ones. Uh, The 18-year-old driver and the 14-year-old passenger of the Beetle were also okay, just minor injuries. Ethan's F-350 with all seven passengers flips and hits a tree. All eight passengers in that truck survive. Two 15-year-olds that were in the back of the truck bed were thrown. Uh, One of them is now paralyzed and requires constant care, and the other one had serious internal injuries to which he is now recovered. Seven 911 calls were made over a span of four minutes. Couldn't find the audio for them, but there's transcripts. I read them all. They just say basically what you'd fucking think. They'd say like, oh my God, the terror, bring ambulances, you know, just shit like that. Eric Boyle, while putting away the mailbox, hears the wreck and runs outside to see the carnage. Eric Boyle, the two, those two ladies, they're they're related to him, right? Daughter and wife. Oh, fuck me. Oh, oh, that sucks. Oh. He was just inside putting the uh, mailbox away. He was coming right back out to be right standing there too. Uh, This is a quote from him. Car parts, bodies, and debris were scattered everywhere. In fact, the mangled metal and smell of burning rubber and human remains were scattered over nearly 300 feet, 91.44 meters of road. It looked like a plane crash more than a car crash. Eric Boyle found his wife, Holly, and immediately knew she was dead. He found his daughter 20 feet further up, being dead, thrown up against a fence. Kevin McConnell was right behind the pastor, also bringing chairs and tables back to the church. He came upon the scene and the chairs and tables were, they were thrown all over the highway. He automatically knew it was the pastor, parked his vehicle and finds Brian in the ditch. Kevin starts to do CPR. Kevin's 12-year-old Lucas uh, was with the pastor too, so he must have been freaked out in the back of that car. Uh, And that's when Shauna Jennings, the pastor's wife, drives up onto the scene, seeing Kevin doing CPR on her husband. Brianna Mitchell was on the phone with her mother when she was hit. So the mom heard the crash through the cell phone and drove to be by her side. A lot of people got fucking trauma here. Ultimately, the crash kills four, injures nine. All survivors are everybody that was there. There was about 14 people there. Actually, there's probably more than that with all the family and all the people. They're all PTSD oh for sure. Who was the fourth one? Brianna? Brianna, the two, the and the, the pastor. pastor yes. so the pastor, the sister, the do- the mom, and the girl who got in the original car crash. That was That's why they're That standing. fucking sucks. She heard her daughter die. That fucking sucks. Yeah. Ethan was not found at the car. At the yeah, of course he wasn't. He wedged himself out of his truck and ran like the little piece of shit that he is. Uh, one of his cl- friends claims to have seen Ethan in the chaos and heard him say, I only had two beers and I'm not going to get in trouble for this. So the story of this crash went viral in their area and everyone was well aware of the accident and on high alert. A quarter of a mile further up the road from the wreck, Shanna Clark and her teenage son Corbin find Ethan passed out in a ditch. All he was wearing was a pair of swim trunks. Eventually, Ethan woke up, and the first thing he tells Corbin is, I'm Ethan Couch, and I'll get you out of this. To Corbin, who wasn't (laughs) involved in any of it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
I'm Brian Salazar, the host of Real Crimes, the podcast of murder, mayhem, and movies, where Hollywood meets homicide, and the truth is absolutely stranger than fiction. Each episode of Real Crimes, I'll be taking a deep dive into one of my favorite films that is based on or inspired by true events. On season one of Real Crimes, we'll be covering movies from different genres, including thrillers, horrors, westerns, and more. I hope you will join me and my friends as we take a unique look at true crime through the lens of pop culture and compare the real events to box office magic. You can join us by searching for Real Crimes, that's R-E-E-L with two E's, wherever podcasts are found, or by visiting realcrimespod.com. Welcome to Real Crimes. Jenna and Corbin try to call an ambulance for Ethan, who resists saying, I can't afford an ambulance. I can't afford this. Three hours after the accident, they test his blood alcohol level. It was 0.24. (laughs) Three times over the legal Three hours afterwards. Oh, Jesus. Exactly. Who knows how high it was three three hours before, but it was higher than 0.24. Look, wow. you can blame this on drunk driving as much as you want. All I'm saying is that if the sober person hadn't said anything, it would. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think if the sober person would have just picked up his keys and went, he wouldn't even notice and she'd be back there partying mm-hmm. to this day. But ugh. The, also, there was also Valium and weed in his system. Now, Valium, fucking no thanks. I'm not driving on that. Also, weed. I'm, I'm a pro weed person. Okay. But this doesn't make you a better driver. I don't care what the fucking hippies want to tell you. Mm. It's not true. Especially when you're drinking grain alcohol. So uh, <laughs> I don't think you should be putting anything else in you or driving at all. So after the scene was over and looked at and everything, Sheriff D. Anderson said that Couch will face criminal charges in juvenile court and he would do anything to help the prosecutor seek justice. In the next few days, Ethan is charged with four counts of intoxication manslaughter and two counts of intoxication assault, which, okay. Texas is a weird place. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Couch admitted guilt, and a sentencing hearing was set for that December. At the sentencing hearing, Couch's legal team called Dr. G. Dick Miller uh, to, to the stand to testify on Couch's behalf. Dr. Miller testified that Ethan couldn't understand consequence because of his wealth and upbringing where there was never any consequence to his actions. Dr. Miller testified that Ethan shouldn't be the only one held accountable for his actions because he suffers from affluenza. His parents should have to shoulder some of the responsibility as well. Now, what exactly is affluenza? I got to do one thing here. Green case. I'm going to send you a video. Uh, that explains what affluenza is. <laughs> is it one of those old, like, uh, Jailhouse Rocks yes. kind of videos where it's like, "Hey, kids!" It's a, it's the nineteen yeah. <laughs> it's a nineteen ninety six PBS documentary about affluenza. Those so, grainy black and white ones that it's like, that's like, "Hey, this this video is brought to you by such as palm olive soap." PBS for viewers like you. <laughs> Ethan Couch. Ethan Couch looks like it would be a show on PBS. Yeah, exactly. Like my five-year-old would watch the shit out of Ethan Couch. You know what I mean? Yeah, it sounds like a place that you would go to have fun as a child. We're going to Ethan's Couch. But I recommend everyone go to the... We're going to attach this to the thing. I recommend everyone go watch this video. It's Is this long. a horror movie? Might want 
No, no. Are you sure? <laughs> Escape from Affluenza? There's two parts to this PBS documentary, okay? The first one's called Affluenza, and then the second one's called Return to Affluenza. Is that what it says? Escape it from say? Affluenza. To- yeah, Afflu- Escape from Affluenza. It's only like Doctor, first- I'm rich and I don't understand consequences. Well, ma'am, you <laughs> suffer from Affluenza. Just let me take this swab. I don't even need Not, to play this. We video. can just act it out. We know exactly. I, I recommend everyone watch the whole, like a bunch of it. Oh it's funny. You can't watch the whole thing. It's like two hours long. But I recommend people watch it because I was fucking crying. But it's too much to just watch the whole thing. I just wanted the what is affluenza that, that lady explained. You're suffering yeah. from ta-da affluenza. <laughs> what? Am I gonna die? Uh, <laughs> but but that that's not what it was just described to me as affluenza in Ethan Couch's thing that's not what I'm understanding what uh affluenza is like did a made-up word yes it's kind of a made-up word it's a portmanteau do you know what those are you do good say it tell us Christy (laughs) she said yes no I said it's a portmanteau that that word is a real you know what that is no a portmanteau no I thought you said yes Huh. It's when they take two words and they oh, jam okay. them yes. together, like like breakfast and lunch and Brinner. brunch, or like guesstimate. <laughs> guesstimate, exactly. But for affluent and influenza, so like the sickness is supposed to like, whenever you're just trying to keep up with the Joneses, you got to get more and more stuff, and you're never. I've started doing anymore. that with COVID That's as what, well. That- like they're doing like what is it, flu rona and co- uh, cofluenza, cofluenza, because <laughs> they reckon there's these. Yeah, they're saying that there's that. these new strains that are mixed with the with the influenza virus. They're trying to decide oh, whether they're going to call it cofluenza or fluorona. I can't wait for a year from now. Netflix has the movie Cofluenza. Yeah. Like they've mutated together. All disease are one. Netflix this summer. Anyways, you remember when, when fucking. Like when the Corona first hit, they had a movie Greenland or whatever out within like a month. I forget what it was called. Within a month of her being a pandemic, like let's make a pandemic movie. Like thanks Mm -hmm. Netflix. Like there's, so I was like, I don't know what fucking affluenza means anymore because this video tells me it's about like trying to keep up with the Joneses, but the other one's like, he doesn't know any responsibility because he's rich. So I start going around the internet and it's not easy to find a definition for affluenza because it's not a real thing. So uh, (laughs) there's all sorts of definitions. I try to figure out where it came from. An old man said he's been using it since 1954 and he's like trying to petition Oxford English dictionary to credit him with the creation of the word. They're not doing it. I don't know why there's a fucking whole article about it, but that's how far this is going. Because he's suffering from fucking affluenza. (laughs) Right. Oxford English dictionary. Here it is. Mass noun, a psychological malaise supposedly affecting wealthy young people, symptoms of which include lack of motivation, feelings of guilt and sense of isolation. Okay, that's pretty fucking vague. Let's 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 cross-reference that with MiriamWebster.com. Okay, definition of affluenza: the unhealthy and unwelcome psychological and social effects of affluence regarded especially as a widespread societal program such as who gives a shit it's this fucking guy you want to know who gave me the best answer to affluenza was investopedia.com like all right yeah what the fuck man a social condition that arises from desire to be more wealthy or successful it can also be defined as the inability of an individual to understand the consequences of their actions because social status or economic privilege 
that's the Dr. Miller version of what Yeah, exactly. This was developed specifically, this definition, to fit this case. Because exactly. they're like, he's rich, but we need to make it a bad thing. My point is, I'm just trying to point out that this isn't real at mm-hmm. all. Investopedia had the best thing. Anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in defense of Dr. Miller, though, I will give him a little bit of credit. He said that word once, literally, uh, in the thing. He was like, he suffers from affluenza, but he said he had a long ass fucking deposition. Plus, he was trying to say the parents should be taking some of this responsibility. Not that he shouldn't have any, it's just some should fall on the parents as well. But everyone took it as like, which he did make it sound like as well. I, I don't know. I'm, I give him a little bit of credit because I don't think he was trying to say like, this kid should yeah, not Yeah, because all anything. the local, like all of the local newspapers ran with that for their headline, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm, Affluent. Yeah. Uh, Kids got affluenza. It's still affluenza teen is what his moniker is. If you look up Ethan Couch right now on Google, it'll say affluenza teen, Ethan Couch. Never will just say Ethan Couch. Affluenza still sticks sticks to this day. And people still kind of uh, ridicule it and they're still mad about it. If affluenza, that's the thing. Affluenza isn't real because there's no opposite to it at all. Like what's the the poor kid who was stealing from the store uh, or selling crack because that's what his dad did. And it's all I ever knew what to do is sell crack. So I didn't know it was that. I shouldn't be held responsible for that. It's all I knew. You know what I mean? There's none of that. So it's super class. Like, go for it. Yeah, it's that's like, a really real. good point, actually. There is like an exact mirror of that within like the poor community as well. And it's like, oh, but well, it's it's your fault you're poor. Yeah, exactly. It's just because a poor guy doesn't can't afford a Dr. Miller to come say bullshit right. on to a fucking judge, yeah. right? Like, I don't mind going to bullshit a judge for 10 grand. Like, okay, you psycho. We actually covered a case that we've mentioned a bunch of times. One of our first cases, which was Brock Turner. It's about affluenza, right? So even though his lawyers didn't use affluenza, they might as well have. That's what he ended up getting off on, Mm -hmm. right? Was being affluent, being a rich kid. Now, I want to point out that the American Psychiatric Association or the DSM-5 do not recognize affluenza as a Because it's not real, you fuckers. It isn't. The prosecution was not having that defense. To be at fair, all. they would if we paid mental health professionals more. Just so we're clear. It, if wait, the people sorry, actually what? like researching and publishing the DSM were paid more, they would recognize affluenza as a thing. You think? Well, and, and, yeah, if someone paid them to do it, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no, I'm saying if they were affluent, they would. But they're like fucking yeah, middle yeah. class, like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that, I'm not smart enough to. I'm not affluent enough to understand that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the prosecution hated the fucking defense. Uh, they wanted maximum sentence for the 16 year old, 20 years, just go to jail uh had he been an adult he could have gotten 40 plus years but it looked like judge gene h boyd took the bait uh the affluenza defense apparently had nothing to do with the decision but we will never really know because the sentence was handed out in a a closed to the public proceeding (sighs) so i don't know what was said in there really i do know what happened though she gave him 10 months probation and he had to go to rehab that's it the guy kills did he even lose his license did he yes. even have a license? How old was he? That's a good point. He was 16, exactly. Like he had a learner's permit, probably. I don't know how it works in the States. But yeah, he killed four people and paralyzed one of his friends and he got uh, 10 months Didn't probation. even see the inside of a fucking cell. 
Oh. No. Um, a buddy of mine wrapped his Volvo around a tree quite a few years ago now. Um, and he didn't kill anyone, but his passenger who wasn't wearing a seatbelt did end up with like serious, serious medical complications. She was in the hospital for like a year. I think she was in a coma for a long time too. It was bad. And he did two years of remand. So that's basically like all weekend he's in prison and then he gets to go to work. Yeah. Yeah. That's more than this fucking little kid got for exactly. And he didn't even kill anyone. Yeah. Like, that's nuts. When I'm looking into this, some legal experts were saying it's the fact that his parents were wealthy and could afford therapy that Judge Boyd ruled the way she did. Uh, Ethan wouldn't just be dropped in some juvenile facility and be forgotten and not rehabbed. The parents asked if he could go to rehab. They would pay for a private swanky facility in California. They'd pay the $450,000 tab. All right. The parents would pay that. Instead, the state didn't really go for that. They they sent him to a state, in-state owned inpatient mental health facility in Vernon, Texas. Uh, the North Texas State Hospital has a daily rate of $715. Fred and Tanya said they would pay for sure, but they were actually only ordered to pay $1,170 per month for his stay there based on the high end of Texas's sliding scale payment schedule. So they found a loophole to pay less. Um, to put him in the other one in Texas. So before the final verdict was handed down, the victims did their impact statements, but Ethan never addressed them with any type of remorse. People were pissed. The media started looking into the records of Judge Boyd to see if she was consistent with her rulings. They found out 10 years earlier in 2004, she'd handed out 20-year sentence to Eric Bradley Miller. He was 16 and he he was drunk, stole a truck and killed a 19-year-old father in a crash. Uh, He killed only one person with half the blood alcohol levels as Ethan Couch, 20 years in jail, but he was poor. His attorney even argued like during the trial that Miller should get a break because he had a troubled upbringing. His mom was a heroin addict. He was living with his grandpa, but George Boyd wasn't having it. She said, I know he had a hard life. This is what we got to do. This is the punishment for your crime. I I saw some, I saw like a New York Times article where they weren't against the ruling. They defended Judge Boyd saying that she had a history of giving young people a chance at rehab versus jail, not just him. But I'm like, what about Miller, man? He got 20 years. That's just bad luck. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I don't know. By the Thursday after the ruling, there was already a petition on change.com org that asked the governor rick perry to fire judge boyd for being terrible and had over thirteen thousand signatures by the time the petition's closing it had near thirty-four thousand signatures seven civil lawsuits were filed against ethan fred tanya and cleborn medical work or metalworks because the truck was a company truck the f-350 in 2013-14 the couches settled all the lawsuits out of court and paid undisclosed amounts of money to the victims buying their way out of fucking shit again ethan finished his reading and got a job at Cleburne Metal, uh, Sheet Metal with his dad after that. Now, isn't that a lovely story of carnage and mayhem, guys? There's still oh, more, Oh, there's though. still more. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Think about this, this defense. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just me. This defense seems dumb to me. It's like, okay, you know what? This happened because this kid has never faced consequences and doesn't understand consequences. Like, I feel like as a defense, it's kind of like, so what you're saying is we should give him consequences prison it is like what kind of defense is this like saying he's he's never had a consequence so we shouldn't give him one now defense i don't know I, exactly he's never been disciplined in his whole life so you guys shouldn't start now like come on yeah if you don't if you don't start now i don't know i i think they were just pleading for like a low sentence they weren't like 
asking for that. I think this this judge is misguided to the He's not misguided. His pockets are heavier than they were when he went in there. It's it's a lady judge. Okay, her pockets are then. Uh, but my point is her her she's a judge and her husband uh is a dentist. I don't I don't know. I don't think they're gonna take her. I don't know, maybe. They have they suffer from affluenza as well. Of course they do. They make a fuck ton of money. So does the prosecution. Everyone in a courtroom, basically, except for a public defender suffers. Yeah, I, I think it's like outrageous that yeah. she did that. But you're right. It could be just because Buddy always just pays people off. So uh, Freddie boys like that. Well, duh. She has affluenza. She no longer finds excitement in the amount of money she has. So that's why rich people will always take more money. Affluenza. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> sounds sounds real da, da, da. Uh, sounds real you said that convincingly enough for you to make me convinced as a judge whatever you want what did you say 10 months I, i've just blown this case wide open solved okay so there's more shit that went on after this happened so first of all let's just get fred out of the way he did something fucking weird what a surprise this one's this one's just i don't get why you'd even like let me know what your thoughts are on this in 2014 he was arrested for impersonating a police officer yeah, he's like going around my early salary is thirty five thousand dollars <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i'm a dumb i'm a dumb bell police department beep, 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 beep. <laughs> And it's the same cop, but he's like, all right, buddy, you're fucking done. I've had enough. Yeah, same yeah. cop that pulled him over the first uh, time. Yeah. No, they, they encountered him during a disturbance call. Uh, he was armed and confronting some guy about an incident from a few nights before. Uh, don't worry, his weapon wasn't drawn or anything, but he just had a gun with him. But then he pulls out a badge and ID and shows the cops and is like, I'm a, I'm a police officer from the next town over. Don't worry about me. Uh, oh, my God. And the cops are like, yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> they like checked his credentials. <laughs> in this small town where he's like the richest guy and everyone probably knows who he is because his son just committed like a, a heinous crime and he's like nope i'm yeah. a cop from the next town over and all the cops are like no you're fucking not you're that couch asshole yeah. we all know who you are we all know it's you fred yeah, stop what, fucking around what the fuck okay is fred doing? what is fred doing i was like what is going on right now why am i reading this but i have to put it in my name's not fred i am special agent Steven lounge yeah. chair. I'm Tom, <laughs> Tom computer chair. All right. Uh, this, guy, this guy. Anyway, so they didn't really give any more details as to who the fuck or why the fuck he was there or whatever. But I mean, they have dash cam footage of him like pulling out the fucking thing from his wallet, showing the cops. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, he was actually found guilty of doing this and spent 120 days in county jail pay a $260 fine plus court costs and be on probation for a year. He got more jail time than his kid did for killing four people. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, he did. There's more. On December 2nd, 2015, and guess what, Celeste? We're giving it out today. Okay, you're going to both find out. On December 2nd, 2015, a six-second video surfaced on Twitter of a bunch of teenage boys playing beer pong at a party. One of those kids was 18-year-old Ethan Couch. Ew. A clear violation of his probation. At Blonde Spectre wrote in a tweet, your boy Ethan Couch violating probation. I got more if you want them at City of Burleston at Tarrant County DA. Good on you, Blonde Spectre. Yes. You've earned... Bush of the week. Yes. You got Bush of the week. <laughs> That's fucking phenomenal. The Bush on that guy. I bet you it's all blonde, thick, and glorious. Yes. Um, 
So a probation violation Fuck could yeah, land man. Ethan with jail time up to the end of his probation or sorry, jail time up to the age of 19, or it could put a, a lot of stuff could happen. He could be, they could just go, don't do that kind of shit again. Maybe add another month. It could be anything in between. So, but it could also put him into the adult system because, you know, they want to fuck him because he got off so leniently and this could get him 10 years in jail. So we're in, in jail. The only thing Ethan's rich with is a purdy mouth. You know what I'm saying? By the way, we're at, this is what Ethan looks like at the time. I, I have three different Ethan pictures. I'll change in the background. So this is what he looks like. His mouth is not that pretty. It's kind of like bird face. I guess either Tanya or Ethan saw the video. And when they saw the video, they decided to have a little bit of a party. So they got hammered, had a good time. The two of them, good days. And then the next day they packed their bags. Tanya took out $30,000 in cash called Fred, told him that he would never see either of them ever again. After Ethan missed his regular checkup with his probation officer on December 11th, 2015, a warrant was issued for his arrest. Sorry, she she took out $30,000 and said, you'll never see either of us again? Bullshit. It's $30,000. <laughs> you'll see her by the end of the week. How, how far is $30,000 going to take this woman? Are you kidding? Fuck off. Tanya and Ethan are both declared missing, and the hunt for Ethan became a federal matter because they had thought he'd left the country. The FBI, U.S. Marshals, and Border Services were all on high alert. A $5,000 reward was offered for information leading to the arrest of Ethan Couch. The mother-son duo crossed into Mexico by pickup truck through the border in Tijuana. On December 20th through the 23rd, they rented a condo at the Los Tules Resort in Puerto Vallarta, but were asked to leave because the condo's owner was coming in for Christmas. While they were at the condo, they ordered Domino's pizza. This phone call is how the U.S. Marshals tracked down the pair. On the 28th, Tanya and Ethan were arrested by local authorities in the old town in a shitty up little apartment that brought uh, attention to them very easily because they're in the old parts of Puerto Vallarta where the only two people who speak only English. You can get Domino's in Mexico? Apparently. If you're on a resort, they were on resort for four days. So they probably call Domino's. That's so, why would you, it's Mexico. The food there is so good. Why are you ordering pizza? Because now they live in Mexico. They want one <laughs> last taste of home before they're just eating tacos and burritos for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Avoid the fucking noid. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Avoid the noid. We've, we've gone over If this. they had listened to an ethical podcast and avoided the exactly. goddamn noid, Jesus they'd Christ. still be in Mexico right now. Yeah, so Ethan dyed his hair. Oh uh, my black. god! <laughs> Hold up, he dyed his hair but not his beard. His roots aren't even grown out. This is actually his beard's like blonde usually, so it's like dyed that color. His beard's dyed brown like that, and his it's hair like all black. He did everything he could to be even more noticeable in public. Awesome. His, his beard looks like what happens when a very blonde person tries to dye their hair black. Like it literally. Yeah. <laughs> the most inconspicuous man in all of Mexico. Christ, his hair makes him fluorescent. What? <laughs> Okay, I want you guys to. I, I want you guys to oh. sit on Ethan. I want you guys to have a good look at him. We'll, we'll leave him alone oh. for a little bit. Let's let's talk about Tanya for a bit uh, <laughs> before we get into Ethan. So Tanya was deported uh, first on December 30th and landed at LA International Airport, where she was arrested by the LAPD on a felony charge of hindering the apprehension of a felon. She was originally held on one million dollar bail until a judge reduced it to seventy five thousand when she was transferred back to Tarrant County in Texas. 
Later, she was also charged with money laundering for bringing such a big amount of cash over the border. Both of these charges can bring her 10 years jail time each, which would be hilarious if she got 20 years and her kid got basically nothing. That's kind of funny. That's be like the equivalent of me crossing the border with like a pocket full of quarters, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like income wise. Yeah, yeah she's for sure. Like nailed on 30 grand. That's funny. By January 12th, she's released from jail on bond. Tanya was on house arrest with her first uh, with one of her kids from her first marriage, Stephen McWilliams. Under the conditions of her bond, she is not allowed alcohol or drugs or to possess any type of weapons. So in 2017, she almost got her bail revoked because someone said that they saw her take a sip of beer at a restaurant and for being seen handling a gun at a gun show. So when they, the judge talked to her about this. What? He, what? <laughs> so if you're on probation, just so we're clear, you can go to a gun show. That's fine. But if you touch a gun, you're yeah. fucked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Must- what even is America? I find it's crazy that you can just say like, I saw, you could say that any day. She shouldn't leave the house thing. Cause you can go like, I, she had booze on her. You did not catch her with booze or anything. You just said, I saw it. You have to videotape that shit, you know? So they just said that she saw it. Uh, and the judge was like, yeah, uh, if I'm not going to tolerate any more bi- uh, bail violations on your conditions or whatever, I'm not going to tolerate any more. So if it happens again and you got to watch out, cause now the uh, quote, the eyes of Texas are upon you. Get it. Good luck getting away with anything, lady. In both March and June 2018, Tanya's bail got revoked and was sent back to jail. Uh, she failed her drug tests, a condition of her bail, testing positive for either amphetamine or methamphetamine. Hey. Yeah. She was released on bond again in late October 2018, but with harsher bond conditions. Uh, now she can't even take any medication, like no aspirin, cough syrup, vitamins, or supplements. Uh, I, I just love that because on April 29th, 2019, her bail was revoked again for failing the drug test again. They didn't say which drug she uh, was accused of taking this time, but I'm just hoping it's like she had <laughs> yeah. vitamin D supplements. Yeah, or like some ibuprofen. Fucking yeah. hormone replacement oh. therapy. Too bad. Girl, beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then in June 2019, she filed an affidavit for indigency, meaning that she claims she cannot afford fees related to her case anymore. She is indigent. Indigent indigent that's the word so she's been cut off by everyone and she says she can't get a job when she's out either because everyone knows her and hates her she is currently in terrace county jail awaiting trial and i wish it wasn't in limbo like this because this was a while ago but her trial's fucking taken forever because she's appealing all her charges uh she's been trying to get her money laundering charge dropped and it hasn't been working. It went all the way to Supreme Court, and they even denied her. So I don't know. If anything fun comes out with Tanya, I'm going to keep paying attention to her. But that's it. She's in jail right now waiting a trial for... She could get 20 years in jail, more than her son ever got. Good. Being a druggie. (laughs) Does anything happen to his father at any point? Or is he still just, like, getting drunk and threatening to beat people up? Or, like... (laughs) Impersonating a cop. (laughs) (laughs) Impersonating police officers. He still has the business. There's 40 people that work for him. I guarantee he's being an asshole. Oh, Jesus but fucking Christ. Oh my God. Comes yeah. into the workplace just dressed up in his cop uniform. This is a life lesson. Don't protect your children. All right. Be the guy that doesn't protect your children. Nothing bad will happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. For sure. Uh, so we'll go back to, to Ethan in Mexico. So on January 28th, Ethan was deported from Mexico to the U.S., It was a few weeks later than his mom because he'd filled an injunction that would allow him to stay in Mexico for three days while a judge looks into his extradition back to the U.S., seeing if it was against his rights or not. Remember when I said Ethan Smart? I don't know if his mom was guiding him in any of this. He's like, fuck this. What kind of legal shit can I do? 
And then he figured it out how to stay there because he didn't want to go back to the US. The review of his uh, deportation took longer than the three days because it was Christmas. It was basically Christmas when they caught him, 28th of December. It actually took them 28 days to get around to it. Uh, after the 28 days, Ethan dropped the injunction and he was deported two days later. Maybe it was just to get his mom. Maybe they had a plan. Mom, go buy time. Go do some shit for me before I get back. I don't know. I, I don't know the plan on that. Why that? Why he just dropped it after 28 days? He's in a Mexican jail too. Maybe he's like, I'd rather be in the US. That could be it too. I don't know. <laughs> right? He wasn't flown to LA. He was flown right to Dallas and put into Terrence County Jail to await sentencing. Since he was a teen when this crime happened, he was under the juvenile court system. Since his mom went with him and took him, she basically got more of the brunt in it because he's considered an 18 year old. I don't know. I, I think that they're considering him a youth in this one because they're talking about earlier that he could have got 10 years, but this year they're saying the max he could have got would be 120 days in prison and finish his 10 years probation. I don't, I think they were considering my kid cause they knew his mom was fucking taking him. She's like, obviously the problem in this situation more than he is. Obviously he's good. But like his mom's like, I got 30 grand. Let's do it. Like, you know what I mean? He's just drinking with his friends, being an idiot on April, 2016, just before his birthday, the judge moves his case into the adult system under the adult system with his probation violation, all that Ethan would only still be looking at 120 days in prison and finish his 10 year probation. But if he violates his probation again, in the adult system he could face 10 years in prison for each person he killed so i think that was the big shift is try and get him in the adult system and then keep him on a fucking tighter leash there right because obviously you can't get in enough trouble as a kid to care might be that yeah might be the best way to actually get justice for what he did is just hope he screws up again yeah. give him another opportunity to screw up yeah and, and after hearing the prosecutor's arguments in the probation violation hearing uh the judge decides that he's going to give more than 120 days of jail that he would normally give someone in a similar situation to ethan instead ethan was sentenced to 180 days in jail per person he killed <laughs> Yeah, it's still only 720 days in jail, which is like two years. That's, yeah, that's, I wouldn't want to spend two years in jail. Good. It's better that he got that. I agree. But I mean, fuck, killed four people. That could be uh, life in prison, right? Like these people are pissed. He still has probation when he gets out and people were pissed. Like, yeah, Mothers Against Drunk Driving was pissed about this lenient sentence. They released a statement about, uh, about Ethan's sentence, which I'm not going to read, but I'll give you the gist. Mad says drunk driving isn't taken seriously and it should be. And they will be watching Ethan because obviously there's a lot to be done to hold drunk drivers responsible. They don't say that they're like watching Ethan specifically, just watching, but I'm assuming it was a veiled threat. Mad does not fuck around. Do you ever have to watch a mad presentation in school? Like a mother's against drunk driving? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh my gosh. The mad videos asked me to talk to my manager. Like that's how Karen they are. I watched one of those when I was like 12 and they showed us like charred corpses and horrific car crashes. They are not fucking around. They do not want you drinking and driving. The eyes of Texas are upon Ethan too, I guess. If you listen to Ethan, oh yeah, I was telling Ethan. Buddy, if you get curious and you start listening to podcasts about yourself, just know that, man. Texas wants to fuck you up, so be good. Ethan was released from jail with no incident on April 2nd, 2018, with lots of restrictions. He had to wear an ankle monitor to avoid fleeing to Mexico again. He has to submit to drug testing and wear an alcohol detection patch. Ethan is allowed to drive but he has one of those breathalyzer things to start the car and he's got a 9 p.m. curfew. Less than a year later in March, 2019, the ankle monitor restriction for Ethan was lifted by a judge, but that's it. Now on January 2nd, 2020, Ethan is arrested for violating his probation. I'm fucking shocked. They found that he had THC in his system and they threw the book at him, right? Right? 10 years per murder, right? Like they said, oh. wrong. 
No, uh, he was released a day later on January 3rd, 2020, because authorities didn't know if the THC came from illegal weed or legal CBD oil. It was such a weak positive that they weren't confident enough to do that. Why is he taking CBD, though? Like, what does he fucking have glaucoma, aches and pains? Like, what is he like? Come on, guys, like ask some questions. Why do you need it's CBD? It's for his affluenza, Richard. Yeah, yeah. so rude. Yeah. <laughs> CBD is a cure for affluenza. Yeah. Honestly, just let this kid smoke weed, though. It might be better for him to just chill him out. But if having THC in his system is the only way to get him in jail for life, please keep weed illegal in Texas until this happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This guy's guy's probation ends in 2024. And I assume at that point is when we're going to see him in the news again, because clearly he probably won't learn his lesson from all of this. Or will he? Or has he? He's been relatively quiet compared to his mom. Uh, His mom's looking at 20 years in prison right now. Ethan's basically up free. Was the light sentence actually all that bad maybe there should be some affluenza laws for a lack of a better term like if your parents don't show you any type of repercussions for your actions maybe both you and your parents suffer those consequences together even though fred stayed out of the limelight tanya looks to me like she needs needs more of the help than ethan i'm sure she's been a big problem the whole time and i'm sure fred's been the rich asshole thing is is not helped either but he's been keeping low-key too maybe when ethan ran those people over he should have had some consequences too but that's what dr miller was trying to say affluence is just a word he used uh ethan did kill people so that's the awkward part and he should have to have consequences but does putting him in jail for his whole life do him any favors i don't know at the end of all this where he's now he's not doing anything wrong anymore and he's separated from the problem so which is all well and good but he like he didn't actually pay for anything that he did in the first place which is like a flawed view of the legal system but you know what i mean like he did something shitty and then he acted shitty Mm, for like a bunch of time after yeah. yeah. And now he's not being shitty anymore. It's like, instead of giving him that time to be shitty and do whatever he wanted, how about spending that time, like actually, you know, atoning for the shit you did wrong and then go to being a quiet person. That's what I would say now that uh, stuff's calmed down or maybe in 2024, if he has any time, he'll go and apologize. Maybe he's just trying to stay out of the law until his probation's over, stay out of the limelight. So nothing bad, just keep low until that's done. And maybe he will go apologize. I don't, I, I, he didn't even say a word to these people yet. So I don't like that about the whole thing. I'm just seeing behaviors from others and him being separated from those behaviors. Now he doesn't seem like he's doing anything wrong. I I don't know. I I feel that's what I'm saying. I don't, I'm split between this guy. I don't know what to say anymore because I feel like I want to hate him so bad, but like, isn't this what we want? Isn't this what we want? Rehab? I feel like he date raped a girl at 15, which is kind of what I'm (laughs) saying. Oh, I I completely agree with you. There's, There's something very, very even if bad. it was consensual the fact that she was literally passed out means she was too drunk for it to be consensual so i feel like that's kind of where i'm at you know i'm kind of stuck on that mm. yeah well that's not a good that's not a good sign at all he's only like what he was 16 and 29 years so he's 24 years old he's not that much older than when that happened. you know what i mean like it's i don't know this guy this guy i don't know what to say about him i don't, I don't like i think i don't know i think he should have got a harsher sentence really in reality but man it's hard to not it's hard to look at him now and go like like it's not hard to say fuck that guy because look fuck that guy but i don't know as long as he's not doing anything fuck <laughs> well as long as he's not doing anything that we know of but that may also be just influenced by the fact that his mom hasn't been sentenced yet oh that's true too yeah look, look, this is like a developing one this is still going on his mom's still not in maybe something crazy will happen he's still on probation for another two years so maybe something will happen uh maybe we'll have to do an update he was a kid when this happened and i actually sympathize 
Yeah. Like kids are stupid and kids do stupid things. And I don't believe in a lot of situations that they should have to trade their entire life for stupid decisions that they make when they're kids. Yeah. And so- I, I'm all on board for this trend of the parents being held accountable to this new, the Ethan Crumbly case. Yeah. Like they're fucking throwing the book at his folks right now, which I'm like mm-hmm. thrilled about. This is something I want to see more of, but yeah. I don't know, man. Well, as a, like from a, a work perspective where I work to someone who works for you, you're supposed to do every reasonable precaution uh, to keep people safe. Right. Or to keep people. So that, that, that standard should go across the parents and caregivers. Of course. Every reasonable, if you just did it, do it because you didn't want to, then you should be in trouble as well. I agree with that, right? Yeah, and it's not like his parents didn't know about this shit. You know, you have the the video of his mom being like, go home, this behavior is terrible. They knew. Surely they saw his credit card bill with all the liquor store charges on it, you know. They they were absolutely enabling it. Yeah, yeah. they were enabling it, the whole, the behavior, 100%. Yeah, Yeah. and nothing bad had happened before, right? That's kind of where you're at. It's like, I'm he's probably driven drunk hundreds of times nothing bad's ever happened before why would something bad happen this time it's because there was someone sober in the car this time i don't know man it's tough this is like horrible bad luck like stars aligning in this horrible way that there happened to be all these pedestrians on the side of the highway right there yeah like it's just i i don't i don't want to like him though that's the thing is uh he if he would have felt bad after and even like he just shows character when he jumbling around the fucking car accident scene, blackout drunk, right? So you're not I'll get you out of this. Or yeah, that, but like the what the fuck? He, but yeah, when, when he said that for sure, he woke up and he was like, I'll get and you. I've out only of had this. two beers. Yeah, I'm not gonna get in trouble for this. I only had two beers. You know what I mean? Like that's just the character of him because he wasn't thinking about it, he's just blackout reacting to his if brain, he spent right? his entire life surrounded by parents like this i don't know if he would be actually emotionally capable of saying i'm sorry for what i've done or have any understanding of the emotional depth of everything that all these other people are going through because he has been parented by two people that obviously don't give a shit about anything but themselves and the money and their money this reminds me of that uh, Santa Monica spree killer, uh, the incel, Elliot. Elliot Roger, yeah. Elliot Roger. <laughs> yeah. I'm the perfect catch. Exactly. <laughs> he had like no concept of like why he wasn't entitled to all the things that he'd been raised to believe he was entitled to. And like really no concept of the consequences of his actions. It's, it's the same thing. I think affluenza in this like bullshit defense attorney's term is a legitimate thing. I mean, it, it, it all stands, you know, monkey see monkey do, right? Did you guys ever see that video of that guy who's like, why do you cut the end of the leg off of the leg of lamb before you put it in the oven? And, and the person's like, well, that's because it's what my mom did. And then let's call my mom. Let's find out. And, hey, mom, why do you cut the leg? Why do you cut the end off the leg of lamb before you put it in the oven? And she's that's what my mom did. And so they call the grandma and they say, grandma, why do you cut the end off the leg of lamb before you put it in the oven? And she goes, well, when I was, when I was raising you kids, our oven was too small to fit the whole leg. You had to cut the leg, the end of the leg off for it to fit in the oven. You know, it's like you condition to carry on this behavior just because you see it. And I, I think this is really bad luck. But but uh, but on the same th- side of things, uh, to me that's an explanation. It's not a defense. Yeah, it's like it explains why he didn't understand that would hurt anyone. It doesn't mean you should. There's not- no getting out of the the consequences for your actions, regardless of why the actions were done. There's still consequences to those actions. Right. You could do so much shit in a day. You could walk up and down mm-hmm. the street 
doing things that you didn't even know were illegal uh, and then a cop arrests you and then you're like well i didn't know it was exactly. illegal like oh well, that's not my fucking problem and then you go to jail like it doesn't have to, it has nothing to do with like just because you didn't understand doesn't like ignorance isn't a defense it's just my that's actually not true um you have to have intent for it to be a crime it's like a whole thing but or you know for it to meet certain like criminal requirements so ignorance of the law isn't exactly the same as breaking the law and they do take that into consideration that's not this case but no no and that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is like i'm going around doing these things intending to do what i'm doing i just don't know that doing that is illegal that is still intent for me to do that thing it doesn't mean that i uh like him and driving drunk he knows driving drunk is fucking illegal anyways i'm just i don't know i i feel bad that's what i'm saying i feel bad for this kid but i I still think he should have got more but i mean at the end of the day he's being good good boy Prison is the other problem. If the only solution to this is sending him to prison. Especially American prison where he's just going to be. Yeah, we're all grownups. We know that prison is probably just going to make him worse. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Especially at a young age like that. Very impressionable. He would have been fucking coming out. He would have had access to to more drugs than he would probably outside. I just want Fred Couch to get in trouble. That's what we all really want in this. We need to get Fred in trouble somehow, right? Somebody's got to go to a sheet metal business and be like, clay ceilings are better or uh, just get him to come out and punch out. Somebody in Texas, go take one for the team. He'll come out. (laughs) out. I agree. His father should definitely be facing some, some consequences for this. I don't know, man. They should have like some sort of middle ground for something like this. You know, I know he went to rehab, but like personality. Yeah. Rehab, yeah, yeah. You know? That's an interesting. <laughs> to stop being a shitty yeah, that's person. An interesting thought is a personality rehab. Government's issued personality rehab. This is getting real fucking rush on us now. Yeah. Well, and his dad committed so many crimes too. Like there's a guy without his wife and daughter now. Right. Yep. Like, just cause there's also that side. You got to think of like how, what they want out of this. They want this kid to, and they don't. The one guy that's uh, paralyzed that was like best friend, you know, and now he's, he can only communicate through blinking. Oh, you know, that's horrible. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Nobody expects anything of him. Like just like a level up Terry Shivo. <laughs> wildly low expectations. You know what? He can blink, which oh means he can God. watch Netflix. Yeah. Like, you're right. that's honestly kind of sick. <laughs> Views and opinions in this podcast are those of <laughs> <laughs> somebody's out there and they're gonna comment and they're gonna be like i hope you end up paralyzed from the neck down <laughs> don't we all thank you as do i um <laughs> those expectations of me are far too i'm just kidding i don't want it's to we're it. joking all right i don't know what else to tell you about that that's that's our guy i, I actually before we go i do want to say one thing before any of this ends before i forget uh please go and watch affluenza oh i'm doing it straight after this i can't wait <laughs> escape, escape from escape affluenza. From affluenza. there's a character i just want everyone to know <laughs> There's a character in it and his name is Roberto De Niro and he's telling the news. Uh, so you'll have that. There's a guy in it. He's talking and you know how it's a talking. It's like a talking head program. And they'll have a, like subtitle people's names and shit like that. This guy just says real psychologist. It doesn't even say his name. It just says real psychologist. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Real Psychiatrist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's what it was. His name was Real Psychology. I don't know. I'm here. They said there was craft services. <laughs> and that guy's 
guy's name is that did you really say that guy's name is roberto de Niro? oh yeah for sure and he's like a mexican guy telling the news i'm roberto de Niro, telling the news like oh my fucking god there is one more thing that i wanted to talk to you because i know a lot of our listeners aren't actually on the facebook group and refuse to come join the facebook group probably because they know that facebook is dumb but spotify is a new feature where you can rate podcasts so yes. if you haven't or even if you have rated us on apple podcasts go over to spotify and shoot us a five stars we're sitting at like a four four point eight rating i think nice. so um like help keep that nice and high um especially you american listeners because you guys are really mean to us on apple podcasts like I don't know why you, <laughs> you guys are so mean we hate everyone in the sequel so don't worry about it this is a good yeah. one this is a good one. Honestly, yeah. I've came in and I'm like, I have no idea what this is about. And then as soon as, what did you say? Oh, I'll buy the school. I was like, it's fucking influenza. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy the school. What a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. Fred. With my cop salary. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm a detective now. That's yeah. funny. It's fine. I'm a cop. Look at my very real badge. I man, oh man. I, I yeah, this is so real. It just flips it, flips down. It's like his library just card. His wallet really fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm a cop. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, uh, that was fun out there. Like lots. The fucking uh, when you were like, and uh, what's his name, Eric Boyle comes out from the garage. I was like, no. Yeah, don't go back into the garage. Don't you come live in out. the garage now? Don't yes. come out ever. Just, just you in the mailbox. Just- just stay there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mailbox is your wife now. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a small town that like everyone was there. That wasn't like, fuck man. Like the guy's wife shows up too. Yeah. The mom shows up. There's just chaos everywhere. Like I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine. That is, oh, that is fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's another factor here too, where it's kind of like, what do they want? Do they want him to rot in prison? Okay. Send him to prison. But at the same time, they all they all sued and got money out of it. I don't think it matters. I don't know. She lost her daughter. He lost his wife and daughter. I don't think it matters how much money you have. Yeah, this is a hard one. This is like humble, you know, where it's kind of like what you did was horrific. And like you caught you changed so many lives and ended so many lives. But at the same time, it's kind of like, I'm not comfortable saying it's entirely your fault. Yeah, I, I disagree because Humboldt, yes, it's like Humboldt in that way, but at least fucking Buddy felt bad. This guy still two years later playing beer pong again. Like that's how you got in trouble the first time, bud. Yeah, he just, he has, he has no level of understanding. I don't know. I think that's like a, maybe I think even more of a sign of guilt in my opinion. I mean, I know that's what he was doing before, but like there's that aspect of self-medicating and there's that aspect of never True. wanting to be alone yep. with your thoughts. After you've done stuff like constantly that. filling your life up and your mind up with stuff, so you don't have with to noise think about and it. shit. Yeah, so yeah, but it's not like it was his first time doing that. That's the thing is like I would agree with you, but that was how what his lifestyle was before. It's not like he changed to be like that. I don't know. He was I, already like. I think he may have already been like that because he had a dad like Fred Couch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Too. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Head on over to our Facebook and Instagram to join in on the conversations about all things unethical. Just search Unethical Podcast. You can also find us on Patreon, where you can get access to all of our super awesome content, uncut videos of our discussions, and early release of all the episodes. We are adding fun stuff all the time, so you should definitely come and check it out. Thanks again. We appreciate all of you.